Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all a brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C, Certified Brewhead. And I'm Tiffany with Welcome to episode 14 of Beer and the Podcast Link Up Series. This evening, this is the third installment. Yes. In series three, lots of numbers. It's always super So many numbers. And I was like, one day we have to actually say what the full number is. Yeah. Then it'd be like, episode 429, series oh. three. Um, so <laughs> right? you know, be Probably like end this. up like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a little crazy. So it's been an amazing series so far. If you haven't checked them, go check the episodes with Brasserie Generale, uh, which was the first one. And the last one was with Fine Balance out in Kingston. Now we are staying in Ontario. And look, I, I don't know if I can do this without... Uh, gushing over this brewery uh, if anyone has listened to this podcast you already know like these guys are my overall goats of craft beer in canada uh they changed everything for me personally um so it's an honor to first of all have these wonderful humans participate in link up and also to uh donate some time to hang out with us tonight and uh, chat about the beer i'm excited to drink it please welcome i'm going to get everyone to introduce themselves because this is a stacked lineup we have the team <laughs> From Bellwoods Brewery in Toronto, in the building. There we go. Welcome, everybody. So nice to see your faces. Unmuted, right? Oh, I didn't do it. God damn it. <laughs> I hit the mute so you guys don't have to worry about making no noise. And then I always miss it. I apologize. Welcome. Thank you so much for hanging out. Appreciate it. Thank you, you for all the kind words. That's very nice Thank of you. Thank you. And thanks for having us and inviting yeah, us to participate. Honor. It's, it's an honor. Pleasure. It is a pleasure. Uh, I guess uh, we had, for everyone remember, episode 50 of the original series uh, with Uncle Luke, where we lost our <laughs> collective shit over black, uh, blue, Blackberry? Blackberry Milk Shark and Jutsu back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. That was, that was I, I, I seem to remember we had, a, we had quite a few beers that day. I think we did. I distinctly remember those ones. And we had yeah. the pre-packaged version of the 2017 Motley Crew with Passion Fruit, which I have the bottle right there with some Good flowers. Good memory. In it. Oh, I died. Wow. Dude, it, was, it was a special moment for us. You know? So it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's an honor to have uh, all you guys on. Would you be able to all uh, introduce yourselves and what you do at Bellwoods? Maybe we'll start with, I don't know, point this way, to Paige. Hi. Uh, my name's Paige, and I'm the interim head of marketing. Um, so I'm covering a mat leave position right now. And uh, uh, it, part of what I did before that, that um, was take all the photos, and I still do a lot of that. And then right now I'm also uh, responsible for the newsletter and sort of general marketing plan of um, Bellwoods Brewery. And Paige has actually worked in several capacities through the brewery over the years. Uh, so she's been around for a while. Um, Started as a host in the brew pub in 2013. Uh, so wow. <laughs> oh, can't gee. get rid of me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or you could if I, yeah, if you needed to. But, <laughs> but please to don't. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and your photos are incredible then knowing that. So yes. hello. Thank we'll definitely you. talk Thank about you that. Awesome. Exception. Thank you. Um, and, yes, Luke, go for it. Oh, it's good. No, I was saying, go ahead, Denisha. Yes. Okay. I feel like we're in the Brady Bunch. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It totally is. <laughs> it's fun, right? Um, so I'm Denisha. I'm the marketing assistant. Um, I work under Paige, wherever she is, over there. <laughs> the goat. Um, and I started off in the bottle shop uh, a year ago. So I've been in this position for about six months now. Amazing. Love to hear it. Uh, it's the best. 
And my name's Luke Pestel. I'm one of the founders with Mike Clark, um, owner and founder of uh, Bellwoods Brewery. Um, we've, uh, I, as well as Mike, have taken more of a director role. I haven't been involved in the brewing per se on, on the floor um, as of late, um, but still closely communicating with the head brewers and the marketing team and the various departments. Um, the brewery's obviously grown a lot since we first opened it. We're over 70 employees now um, across two locations and about to open a new restaurant. So we're, uh, it's changed a lot since Paige was first, uh, hosting the, uh, hosting the door on Ossington. <laughs> yeah. uh, the restaurant's cool. I didn't know about that. That's awesome. When we went there, I guess you, you, you Oh, that know? was the construction section on Next that door. side. Uh, yes. That's not the aesthetic we're going for. Okay, it I thought it was a rough aesthetic. <laughs> I thought it was, yeah, just like a cool, rustic awesome. vibe. When's that, <laughs> that scheduled to open? Uh, well, hopefully in two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's imminent. There's still a lot to tie together. Um, the 23rd is sort of 24th is sort of a target, but it's, it's loose where we've got so much to wrap up, but in the next few weeks anyway, and nothing, nothing officials announced. Um, so for, you know, for those purposes, we don't know yet, but hopefully in two to three weeks and, um, we'll definitely let you know, um, and have you in as soon as we can to see the new space. Very cool. Love, love to hear it. Um, this is awesome, guys. So first things first, uh, let's crack the beer. Love starting evening with a big banger like this. <laughs> Look at this gorgeous beer. Fun fact, we went in, uh, we went, just got back from uh, Toronto. I went to Hafus on Saturday, and I just asked the gentleman, I was like, hey, is there any week up here? And he's like, no, it sold out 20 minutes ago. And I was like, amazing. Yes, Made my day. Awesome. So. Yeah, there was a moment today when we were like, wait, do we have cans for today? <laughs> <laughs> is it all gone? Can people is it gone from Boston? Yeah. Can you I, think, I think Stephen actually sent me one too or gave me one and I just took it home and drank it. I was like, <laughs> didn't do it like, like a week ago. Um, so anyway, thanks for saving. Love yeah, to see it. So tell us about the, uh, the, the beer you guys chose to put together for this. Well... Um, John, I guess, put together the beer, uh, technically, but uh, it's a double IPA, and the hit list of hops, our favorite hops, are in there, I think, um, probably amongst almost all the brewers, Citra, Laurel, Mosaic, and Simcoe. Can't go wrong with that. The, I guess the main hops in this one are Laurel and Simcoe, and uh, yeah, Citra, Mosaic, to um, just sort of add some complexity right i noticed uh, there's a lot of laurel in you guys uh beers these days it's, uh, yes it's, yes um yeah we have a good we have good access to the hop and it's been really good to us so i know john likes to play with it a lot um i don't know if we have enough to play with it at hafis to any great degree but john's been playing <laughs> with it a lot um and then it's a double ipa about five play-doh finishing gravity and Mostly barley malt, uh, 26% or something like that of oat, and a little bit of carafone. So just a nice, simple double IPA to showcase the hops. Perfect. And for uh, you know, for this type of uh, execution for, for Link Up, why did you guys choose to do a double IPA specifically? Was there a sort of, there was, I mean, sometimes it's you know, just room in the production schedule. That's what 
fit? Or did you, you know, where was it? Well, it's, it's exciting and it's approachable. It's, um, I find, I find, you know, not overly bitter double IPA is super approachable for people in general, but it's also, it's a pretty exciting beer. Who doesn't like a good double IPA? And, you know, IPAs are exciting and double IPAs are even more exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love a good Kolsch too, but people don't seem to get too excited about them. So, that's fair. yeah, yeah, I, I like there as much Kolsch, with the, not, uh, yeah. the Kolsch's now. Now you mention it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to insult any other styles, but um, I think for these things, we've learned that people want IPAs. Yeah, no, and I think there's also sense. something to be said. What I love about doing these styles, it kind of flies off the shelf a bit faster too, which yeah. I noticed um, a lot yeah. of breweries chose IPAs or double IPAs for that reason as well. And it garners a little more attention too. Um, you know, you want people yeah. to, you know, so mention each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All that. Exactly. And I feel like that's why we don't interfere with this process with you guys, because each brewery knows, uh, you know, what if I make, like you said, if you make a kolsch, maybe it's not gonna, you know, run through it as quick enough. But uh, you know, if you do something like this, you know, that's what your fan base is into. That's gonna move, mm-hmm. and really, that's what you want you this beer to go in. It's a beautiful thing that it has already. That's got to be a record. That's like a week. Amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty fast. And it was also the first, uh, the first uh, beer that we've centrifuged at Ossington. So it had a little extra, like, hypey kick to it too. Tell me about that for a second. Yeah. What's tell maybe for people who don't know what what that is? Do you want to maybe just explain what why that's you know what it is and why what that does for the beer? Can well, I try? It's a way- yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I'll, see, I'll see if I learned uh, in order to write the <laughs> newsletter. So uh, we followed the centrifuge. It was delivered to Hafis and then brought down to Ossington. And Denise and I were on the floor that day just taking pictures of what was happening in each location. I made a fun little series about it. It'll be in our brewery highlight on Instagram if anyone wants to check it out. Um, and uh, we finally... Uh, John and his brewing team finally got to use it. Um, I guess it would have been last week. And w- as far as I understand, I like read there the Alpha Laval website and then went to talk to John and he he was kind of like, you know, found a happy medium between the two. But it uh, takes unwanted hot particulate out of the beer by spinning it really, 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 really quickly and basically speeds up a process that already happens um, in in the tank by virtue of gravity. And just makes that happen faster um, and resulting in like softer uh, beers that are nonetheless super hoppy. So you can make an incredibly hoppy beer that's still like super round and smooth and nice to drink. Mm-hmm. How did I do? Yeah, it's beautifully. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you <laughs> summed it up very well. It, it accelerates gravity. It, that's all mm-hmm. it does is accelerates gravity. But the beauty of it for IPAs is that it you we want to strip out the hop bite and the hop particulate but we don't want to age the beer. Um, so it allows us to do it quickly. So the hop aroma is still at its peak and hop bite is at a controlled level. Um, so it's not, it's not necessarily in the interest of pumping out beer as quickly as possible. It's more of doing it in a controlled way so that we get what we want in the end. Hmm. Uh, as an added bonus, it does speed things up in general. So we, we can turn beer around a, a little faster, but it just makes it taste better. Most totally better. Oh yeah, for, this is amazing. Yeah, this is awesome. The marketing I didn't say cheers, did I? Yes, so I don't think sorry. we did say cheers. Cheers, cheers. cheers everybody. Cheers. cheers. Thanks for being yes, amazing partners. This yes, is thank awesome. You. 
Is I'm anyone else drinking out of a vintage Motley glass or what? Oh, I think you've. Oh, uh, nice. We're not that cool. Sorry. <laughs> I think I got, you, uh, I've got like twelve. I'll give you one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think you win. You definitely win. Um, this is fantastic. I'm getting a touch of like the hot burn, the green at the very end, which I personally really enjoy. But it's like super subtle, and I think it plays in nicely. I feel like it's a bit dank and citrusy. Am I uh, getting this accurate? Yeah, I'm getting. Yeah. Totally. Well, those hops, Laurel, Simcoe, we get a lot of creamsicle, orange creamsicle sort of thing. So it tends to push in that direction for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. A little bit of, little bit of controlled hop bite at the end, just to give it like, make it taste like an IPA, a little bit of uh, resin. Yeah. Um, just a touch. Yeah, a with touch. A, just a touch without scorching your tongue, right? Yeah. Which is, which is nice, nice and dank. And I guess that's what Simcoe typically does as well. Like it's uh, kind of, yeah, a, a brewer, um, uh, a brewer once meant, I won't name names because it was, it's, it was kind of funny, but he said, Oh, I always put a little bit of, I always sprinkle a little bit of Simcoe in my IPAs, even my all mosaic IPA. I sprinkle a little Simcoe in just to make it taste like an IPA. Wow. That is hilarious. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun fact right there. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like I should, he, that's, I shouldn't name who that was. But uh, <laughs> I want to give away the secret. Give away a secret. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. I love it. Well, just a little Simcoe. Just a touch. Just a touch. I'm going to remember. All that. Galaxy, except for the Simcoe. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I love it. No, this is spectacular, guys. This is uh, a brilliant beer. It's perfect for this. It's super crushable. Well, I don't want to say crushable for an 8.5%, but it certainly does not taste like that, which is something you've uh, you know, historically been very skilled at. Um, so this is spectacular. I'd love to just uh, touch on the label itself. Yeah. Um, I feel mm. like you've moved in a... Correct me if I'm wrong. I know you used Double Knot, who uh, I discovered, obviously through your social and that's all the work that they do and it's been spectacular with all of your branding. Um, I've noticed lately that this kind of aesthetic where it's maybe a little more simplified with the plain backgrounds and a little you know, bit of graphic designs here. Um, I love I love how this looks. Do you want to, you know, whoever wants to, to chat about, you know, the approach for the, um, for the art itself, yeah. For what, sure, I'll you... jump in there. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I'm the lucky person that gets to coordinate with Double Knot for our, our design needs, and they're, they're so wonderful to work with. Um, and because this beer um, is sort of in line with our existing series from, from Ossington, so it's an IPA, uh, sorry, an APA, an IPA, a DIPA. Um, we wanted this to sort of have the similar aesthetic, and for the same reasons that we were talking about earlier, of just like double IPAs catching... Uh, getting people's attention. We want it to be something that people are excited about. So this was continuing that, like, you know, people who would recognize that label would be immediately recognizable to them. Like this will also catch their eye. Um, but then we wanted to give it a proper, uh, you know, visual tip of the cap to link up, uh, link up and make it in your colors. So that's why the yellow is so prominent. Mm -hmm. And then uh, also just add a little detail of the arrows um, in the, you know, in the spirit of, of what your organization is all about. Love to see love it. That. Very cool. I, I, yeah, I love that. The little arrow thing. This is something that we're seeing a bunch. It's just so cool. It's just like, so, it's so thoughtful. And that's, I feel like it almost like it's better that we aren't interfering with it because you're able to take what you see. Oh, look up has this arrow. Let's chuck that in there somewhere. Or whatever. Yeah. And everyone has sort of done that. It's just been such a cool experience to, to see those small. Because everyone's own interpretation. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely, it's been fun to see the other cans as well and the artistic direction behind it too. Yeah, we're always just surprised. We're always just like, that's awesome. 
Like, cool. Yeah. And, then, and there's always a nice explanation behind every single one. Because it's cool that cool. it's like true to the brewery. That's yeah, what's most exactly. important to us. And like, I didn't even put two and two together. This is like the, you know, an APA, an APA series. That makes complete sense. It's uh, amazing. I love it. It's it's very, very cool, guys. Um, the first and foremost, like the, you know, getting you guys involved was on our list from the very, very beginning. So when we, uh, we got in touch with you guys, it was uh, a great day. We were very excited. Um, what what was the inspiration? What what about Link Up made you know make you guys feel that this could be a fit for what you do? Denisha, you want to go for that one? Oh yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um, so for us at Bellwoods, um, the importance of diversity and inclusion—it's something that can't be overstated. Um, it's extremely important to us. And uh, we often reach out to our peers within the brewery to determine uh, what causes and organizations are important to them. Um, and this is done through our community culture and inclusion committee, uh, which encompasses staff from different uh, departments. And we also have an all staff newsletter that's sent out once a month. Uh, so we send that out and it's kind of like an open form where anyone could send in their feedback or communication with us. And uh, from these responses, as well as current events that are happening, we determine which organizations to support uh, or to work alongside. And it's something that's, uh, the feedback that we get is very valuable and something that we use to determine who to work with at the moment or to support at the moment. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. And you guys have been super supportive um, of our brewery for a long time. So, you know, thank you for that. And we're so welcome. Craig was but, like, uh, whenever they go, if there's an IPO, they ever have stocks, I'm buying all the stocks. <laughs> Let's go. Craig, Craig's invested. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's no, invested. <laughs> but uh, it's honestly, it's a no, no brainer um, uh, initiative for us because we are always trying to look for good ways to. Um, promote initiatives like this. I mean, diversity is a, has been a huge issue in the brewing industry. And um, so, you know, all these efforts are, are very, very valuable. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this and, you know, we've made changes how, uh, how we've, we, we talked about before the podcast, um, you know, how we've been hiring um, and we've been making changes, how we hire and post for jobs and try to make people more aware of from diverse backgrounds, make more people with diverse various backgrounds aware of our brewery and off job offerings and just, you know, make it, um, accessible and you can't, you can't do them enough. It's such a, it's such a, um, monoculture for too long in the brewing industry. I mean, when we yeah. opened, it was almost all, I remember even having the conversation when we opened the brew pub that, you know, people would question whether women would come into the brew pub because it was such a, you know, such a bro place to go and yeah. it's all, you know, it's all white dudes. And we were, we were super happy that that wasn't the case when we opened, we tried to make it very inclusive in, in Ossington and, you know, but it was notable. It's like, wow, look, it's like actually is like over 50% women in the brew pub. And that, that was amazing. Um, uh, people from, but, you know, there's always been a shortage of, of uh, BIPOC representation in, in the brewing industry. And so it's just so good to see initiatives like this happening so regularly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this one in particular, I think, stood out to us because, uh, I mean, we always are 
happy to do research and find organizations that are doing good work to like direct funds their way. Cause we were talking about this amongst ourselves earlier and like, you know, giving money to an organization that's set up to immediately impact the community they're aiming to serve is seems like, obviously that's really great. Um, but uh, what appealed about this initiative is like how many facets it has, like the job board, I think is awesome. You know, the Cicerone scholarship level, the apprenticeship level, and then the, the level of like eventually uh, like supporting BIPOC folks to have their own brewery. Like it's, there's a lot of action behind it, which appealed too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. How did you guys really discover Luca? Did you just see it on social? Um, I, yeah. I thought you guys approached, sent us. I a, thought you talked to us. Yeah. <laughs> we actually did in the first round and we yeah. didn't hear back. Cause I, I, to be fair, I, I don't want to bother you Luke. So I just emailed the info. And, uh, oh, you can you can always email me. It's, I, 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 I was trying not to be like like thirsty <laughs> or anything, but then someone re- I think it I was, get I get lonely, Craig. I get lonely. <laughs> You've said it now, bro. <laughs> Keep an eye out. I think it was Alaska reached out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, From I think the, uh, the first time I heard about it, you had met with Laska and Stephen, and Correct. then um, yeah, they brought it to the attention of the our our community culture and inclusion committee and and yeah the rest is history so it's very organic it wasn't it wasn't just a favor see it was uh, i love that i love that and that's actually what we want we do want it to an extent to be organic in that way where it's like we're not pressing pressing and hounding breweries to be like you need to participate it's like does it fit in your ethos your culture does it make sense for you and then that kind of ends up gravitating that way and I love this CCIC. Sorry, I love that, that you have that. That's, like, not something that we've really spoken about at all. So, like, I'm curious because you also mentioned that um, it's, like, made up of different people from different, like, um, departments. It's not, yeah, it's not just one department. Like, not one marketing department, and they're just deciding it's coming from, like, a committee of different people, which I think is very cool. So what made you decide to start that? Like, how did that, how did that even become a thing? Um, it came out around the Black Lives Matter um, movement, and mm-hmm. it was just it became you know there was obviously a lot of conversations going on um, in house with you know people out of house, and you know it was it's not that we weren't aware of a lack of BIPOC representation or, or um, Black representation in, in the brewing industry. It was that you know we, we we'd spoken about it in the past before that, but we um, just that movement really did facilitate so many conversations or, you know, um, spark so many conversations where, you know, it's like what, what would be useful to actually make some change. And we've been, we could not, we consulted with Ren Navarro as well around that time. And, um, we were, you know, talking to everyone we could, um, Tarek from Revel, we had some conversations with him about organizations that we could support that would actually, that are, you know, that he, that, um, you know, he, he felt valuable um, in, in his experience. So we, um, we were, we were making moves all over the place to try to balance things out. And, um, you know, it was clear that we, we weren't 
hearing the voice of a lot of our staff and the, the public in general and, and maybe making the right moves to promote diversity in-house. So that, that uh, in culture inclusions, the community culture inclusions committee was sort of set up as like, yeah, okay, well, we'll pay you guys to get together. Let's, um, you know, get together in a room and, you know, not off hours or some bullshit thing where you, you know, you feel like you're wasting your time, but like, you know, we're invested in this and make sure that this conversation's happening regularly. And um, we're as a team, not just as Mike and I, or, you know, the mm-hmm. management, but as a team making, um, supporting initiatives that we find valuable. Um, and it's, it's been useful. It slowed the the frequency of meetings slowed down a little bit, but it, initially it was like I think it was every three weeks or every two weeks we, um, we were meeting just to get some initiatives on um, going. And we're mm-hmm. overdue for a meeting now. I think the last meeting was back in April or May, something like that. You said, Paige. Yeah, I think that's um, right. But the conversation's still there, and it's um, I think that's the important thing. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think back to what Ren was saying, and actually I saw it in a few other, I watched a few of the other, uh, the Link Up specific podcasts, and, uh, but just Ren saying, you know, you're not going to change everything overnight. It's not going to happen yeah. in one day, yeah. but it's about like continually caring about something and continually trying to look for ways to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do better, be better. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, um, the CCIC yeah. committee will meet uh, soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the conversation yeah. is still there for sure. It's a newsletter. We welcome like open feedback and appreciate the open feedback from uh, everyone at Bellwoods. Um, it, it it's nice to have it in a controlled setting, just to kind of like have an open dialogue and hear different opinions. But um, it's always there, and we always encourage people to tell us what we could do better or who we should work alongside. Um, organizations that are important to them. Amazing. And Denise, you answered my question because I was going to ask, is everyone part of the committee? And it sounds like all three of you are in the committee then. Or like Luke, you would oversee. Every, uh, no, anyone's welcome to sit in on the committee. So oh, so anyone could just, oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, not, not everyone does because it is a bit of a time commitment. But yeah. um, if someone has a, a passing thought or whatever, um, we're more than happy to hear it. And we have open meetings as well. So nice. it's not like you have to be there or you're not on the committee kind of thing. It's like a town hall type thing. Where yeah. It's cool. Yeah, and the, the newsletter that Denisha referred to is the CCIC um, newsletter um, where we communicate internally to make sure that we're actually staying on top of the various initiatives that we're trying to take part in or efforts mm-hmm. that we're trying to take part in. And just like generally sharing information about the business with everybody, like we, like Luke said earlier, yeah. we have a staff of only almost seventy people, and like we, I think it's important yeah. to like keep communication very open, and you know, celebrate. Like we had beers go into the LCBO. I think Denisha included that in there, although I'm sure everyone who works here is very aware <laughs> um, of that particular thing. But just like yeah, wanting to have the conversation that stays open. Um, and, you know, celebrate successes and, like, include, you know, uh, resources for people to, like, learn more about Black History Month, say, or, like, whatever is happening at that moment. Mm-hmm. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's very cool. Jigs. I just, That's yeah, cool. jigs. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, no, go, sir. Go. I was just thinking, like, you're setting up in a way that's super sustainable and just, like, when you think about 
there's different ways that you can set up a company. And I just feel like this is kind of like we're heading into like we're having corporate social responsibility. We're having like some form of maybe even ERG, like something that's dedicated to making sure that we attract diverse people, which I think is so cool. And then probably make diverse people at the brewery feel even better because it's like, okay, like my brewery actually really cares about where I work really cares. Um, mm -hmm. And I was curious to see like how that affects and something that you're talking about, Luke, like how does that affect people who apply? Like, do you find that this increases the level of diversity you might have above your staff and then how that trickles down maybe to the tap room? So or the applicant pool, I, yeah. I'm super, I'm, I'd love to hear um, both res responses from Denisha and Paige as well. But um, from my point of view, um, a lot of change happened. As we mentioned, we, we, um, we consulted with Ren Navarro. Mm -hmm. um, and ongoing, we're actually meeting with her in a couple of weeks again, as the, the, whole, the whole brewery will be, uh, the whole company. Um, but one thing that she mentioned that really stood out was that, you, um, I'll paraphrase, but she said, you know, be careful about the language that you use in your job postings and, you know, where are you posting? What's the language you're using in your job postings? And, and you know, that's how, how I mentioned before. We, we were, I mean, we were largely just posting to, to our own fans. So through Instagram mm -hmm. and use, using industry language and industry jargon. And she specifically called out, well, don't, you know, you can't use industry jargon in a, job posting that where you're trying to attract diversity because the only people that understand this jargon it can be the, the simplest thing like you, you must be able to lift 50 pounds well uh, or 55 pounds it's fine to say that to a brewer that understands that it's a bag of malt and you want to just lift it up and put it in the grist in the mill but general the general public doesn't understand how long they're lifting that 55 pounds or mm. where they're carrying it and are they carrying it on their back all day and you know just sort of sums up the point of like well i'm just not you know and a lot of people probably get scared away and that's just one example of of like you know probably in poor choice of language and in a job posting where you're trying to attract the people from all walks of life mm -hmm. um so we, we end up getting a very biased applicant pool from from the industry and the industry was already biased so it ha like we can't promote diversity if we're only posting jobs to people who are in the beer community already. Um, and that was, we saw a, a, like a immediate change. I mean, that coupled with like where we're posting our jobs. Okay, so let's use um, LinkedIn and various other job platforms that we weren't, weren't using before because mm -hmm. it was basically just, you know, we would only, we would only um, encourage our fans to apply you know if it's just instagram and whoever walks in the door they're all beer fans who are already already aware of our brand mm -hmm. and that's probably where most of our almost all of our applicants came from in the past before that so just by shifting how we approach a job posting has been remarkable it was like instantly the next round of um i i tend to be more involved in brewer hires for example than than serving but uh than restaurant stuff but um, it was noticeable immediately that you would see, okay, not you know, more women were applying, mm -hmm. more, um, it, they weren't all just white males, which mm -hmm. is really, really great to see. And that's all the, the language. The, 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 more, the more experience you're looking after, looking for in the brewing industry, it, it becomes more and more um, monotone. But mm -hmm. that's, that, you know, that takes time. It's changing slowly and it's... Um, you know, there's, we're not the only brewery that's trying to promote diversity. So I think in 10 years, it'll, it'll you'll see noticeable change. And, I, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, I think, uh, deserves a lot of credit for that because it just became so in your face, the conversation. And, you yeah. know, 
owners of all breweries are like, well, are we doing anything? Are we, you know, he's like, are we, are we non-biased in our, in our processes? And it's great. Everyone needs to question that. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, Paige, I'd be curious too, since you worked there for a while, if you've seen that evolve. And then Denisha, because you're newer, I'm curious to know how you found the job and then also like how, how your experience has been. Yeah, totally. I mean, to be fully open, like I heard about the position because I moved into a basement apartment of people who, whose Love kids were the same age as Luke's kids. <laughs> and, uh, and perfect so, example of, of nepotism. Hiring. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Um, but no, it's been so cool to see the page is great. We know. Um, and uh, I mean, when I first started working the brew pub, it was a revelation for me because I wasn't from the city. I'd lived here for a year already, um, but I uh, was in school and, and babysitting mostly. So my joke was that all my friends were two. Um, <laughs> and so it was great to meet this crew of people that ended up like, like still consider them my best and closest friends. So there's a real community feeling even back then. Uh, but it's been really cool to see uh, the uh, the people change over time, and especially in a company that's growing, like you said, over seventy people. Like, there's like I get to meet so many great people through my job. Um, and as Luke was mentioning, like I would say the last few rounds, like the last two years of hiring, have brought in definitely more diversity. And I think that's in part absolutely because of language and where jobs are being posted, mm. but also just like having clear policies about like every job gets posted openly. We're not mm. just you know, asking around to see who might want a job. And then another thing that um, Joey, who's not here right now, but uh, mentioned was that, you know, if, a, if the right candidate doesn't come along, keep looking. You don't just uh, fill a position because it needs to be filled. And I think mm -hmm. that that's key too, is like you might not get um, your job posting in front of the best candidate the first time around, but just to like keep looking and keep trying um, to like find the person um, who I, I'm going to say the best fit, the best person for the job. And that's, that is what I mean. But like, while also like through, uh, like, uh, like the lens of diversity too, and like looking up at what, what different people bring to the position. I think that's the big part to look at it through the lens of diversity. Like we, you know, if we didn't get a diverse applicant pool, why didn't we? Like mm -hmm. we not just, you know, we may have, maybe there are a couple of good applicants where I know, or, you know, we know someone that's, that would be good for the position, but you know, it, it does make whether or not that person we end up hiring. Sometimes we hire people that we know and that still happens because sometimes they're the best person for the job. Um, and, but sometimes just even thinking about it is like, well, we didn't really get a very diverse applicant pool in this round. What's like, what's, what's going on? And, you know, to be able to acknowledge that and do another round and make sure that we're actually posting in a way that, 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 um, brings that, that, um, you know, that aspect of diversity to the table. It's, it's, it's great to be able to, you know, speak about that openly now and, and just, you know, try to try to address it right away, rather than just like, well, you know, they're whoever the are, these are who showed up, and this person's the best. So here we are, and weird. Why are why is everybody around us white? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, totally fair. Um, and Denisha, I'd love yeah to hear from you how you found the role, like how did you find the job, and yeah, your impressions as well. 
Yeah. Um, so I guess from my experience as a woman and a person of color, uh, I've worked at several different restaurants. Um, this is my first time working at a brewery. Um, but it was similar in the sense, I guess, uh, apprehensions of it's a boys club or it's just gonna all be white dudes around me. Um, but with Bellwoods, I've, it, I've been here for a year and it's, it's awesome because of how diverse it is. Um, I haven't worked for a company before that's so open, open to feedback, um, and, and communication and, um, I guess willingness to improve uh, it's very refreshing to see and initiatives such as this one uh, participating in it it shows that it's not just a performative thing it's like we really are invested in this and we keep doing it again and again um, and it makes me personally very excited and hopeful to see the future of not just Bellwoods but brewing the brewing industry as a whole I love that yeah, it shouldn't be a boys club. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, and there's, I, I, all, my friends in the industry all acknowledge that, but, you know, it's still there. And, you know, Denisha, when, when was that that you were looking at the industry, you know, concerned about that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, not long ago. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that still exists with people unfamiliar with the industry and, and various companies. Um, <laughs> yeah, initiatives like this are exactly what we need. Yeah. And that's why I, and I really that liked too. what a, Oh, sorry, Tiffany. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Um, not to just like repeat what other people in other versions of the same podcast have said, but <laughs> I really uh, loved how uh, Danielle um, put it about like the, you know, this industry grew really quickly mm -hmm. and now the rest, it needs to catch up with the rest of the world. Like it grew, it got uh, like, yeah, it grew really quickly and it was pushed by people who like, cared about it a lot and who were predominantly white men. And now it's like time to open it up. Um, yeah. And I do I do see that when I walk by the, te by the brew pub, like even on my bike ride home today. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, they're, it's opening up. Looking good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's important. And Denisha, I love what you said also because like even our goal at Link Up is to have more me and Denisha's flowing through here, right? Like that is a goal. That's why I was particularly interested in like your impression as well, because there's so many different roles. And I think the other thing that we ran into is that people feel like, oh, it's brewery. I'm not going to brew. I'm not a brewer. So like, why am I in this thing? But there's like marketing, there's marketing positions. There's all these different levels and facets. And that's kind of what we're trying to get everybody in at different levels, like accountants, like maybe you're an accountant, you're a bookkeeper, you're marketing, you're, Anything, anything, and treating it like a company and not just like, oh, it's a place that just brews beer and I need to, I'm uh, yeah, I'm in manufacturing or something. A hundred percent. That's a good, very good point. Because even there, I still meet people. It's like, oh, you, you, you own a brewery. Do you, do you brew the beer? Like, that's like, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean everybody's facing that like oh yeah but yeah but you don't brew the beer so you're you know dispensable like is that is that oh, no. <laughs> yeah i no, guess it's so like a lack of education yeah, for, yeah. For that, and it's that's a, part of the challenge right i mean it's a company more most people in our company do not brew beer yeah even in, even on the production floor most people there are not <laughs> drinking beer that's no, true just watching yeah. They're just hanging out, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. Like, I know there's like such a lack of understanding of what goes on. I mean, even within the beer community, no, no shade to the beer folks, but people get mad at. It's almost like it reminds me of like I'm a hip hop dude, so like, like 
the underground versus the mainstream purists. Like as soon as yeah. you do something, like people could, for example, could be mad at Birdman and the LCPO now. Like, they're like sold <laughs> out. Like, like, dude, it's a business. Totally. It's, it's a business. Yeah. Yeah. Chill. Like, trying to sell beer at a reduced market. <laughs> like, do you want them? Yeah, LCPO is great. Yeah, <laughs> has been has been great, and it's. I mean, it saved us through COVID. Um, yeah, and, that makes sense. You know, they, They've been easy to work with, and we're we're hitting shelves very quickly, um, moving fresh beer. Um, but yeah, completely. There's always there's always yeah, that, right? Do you guys yeah. think then that there's a uh, that the LCBO because LCBO always for you guys you didn't need to you builds right? You guys are really like started a you know the, the what what where beer is that right now, right? In my opinion, anyway, I feel like a lot of people would agree. The um, LCBO has always kind of been seen as more like you take the L on the margins to be able to access new audiences that may not, you know, they'll be into craft beer, they'll go to the section, but they're not going to go to a brewery. They just go to the LCBO and see what's there. Have you guys uh, been able to, I don't know if you better know this, but tap into a, you know, a newer, hopefully more diverse audience of people in, in all versions of diversity via a presence at the LCBO? Um, I don't have an answer for that. Um, Steven might, because he's our, <laughs> our, our numbers man. Um, he told me to slack him if any questions came up. Phone <laughs> a friend. Look at that. Phone uh, <laughs> a friend. <laughs> it's tough to say because the data, the data that I see coming back from the LCBO doesn't, doesn't cover um, yeah, like customer demographic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. demographic information. So that would be a very hard thing to pin down. Um, it does make us seem more mainstream, which is like Not whatever. It, it is what it is. Um, I imagine so, though, right? Like it's just mean yeah. there are more opportunities for people to come across it, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, like someone that might not know to go to Ossington to try a cool new craft beer can go to their local LCBO and like see it on the shelf. Some, one of, one of my good friends pointed out that our biggest win ever was being on the shelves in No Frills. And maybe wow. wow, you're in no frills. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. What and, a life! Uh, Things it, have changed so much. What a time. <laughs> uh, you know, which I only bring it up because maybe grocery stores like that's that's amazing. The LCBO is cluttered, but the grocery store everybody has to go to the grocery store. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe that does have a good positive effect on on um, on diversity. But but in the end, it's it's beer, it's craft beer. Um, I think. You know, I think without initiatives like this and, and others and, you know, conversation about diversity in the industry and companies actually trying to make it, you know, higher. At the, the, I think the biggest thing is to include diverse walks of life in the industry because yeah. that, you know, then people like no one's more devoted to the brewery than my family that want to support, um, you know, in my life the, that want to support me as a, you know, part of the family and so that that goes for you know anyone that's passionate about their job they're you know you they bring in the community if somebody we bring in a hire and they're they feel passionately about what we're doing and really care about the beer and the, the community then that spreads in their community as well so yeah I, I you know i think we're very much in the early stages but i think you know all of these conversations that we're having and all these initiatives over the last few years will I think it'll finally be a bit of a push to, to yeah, not be a white boys club. <laughs> well, no, you're right. One observation, Tiffany, we said this to you guys off air, but, you know, we went to Ossington, I think it was some, like a mid-May. And it was the first time we, we hadn't been back to Toronto like we used to uh, pre-Ossington last yeah. two years. 
But we went uh, and it was we sat on the patio. It was a beautiful night, and we had you know obviously there's some work. The going heaters on are too. great because it's actually cold. There's a little nippy, but, but the, the heaters, heaters were just like oh right. Like, and yeah. it was still a huge line to get in, even with construction. And what we noticed though was not only and this is kind of the question, also an observation, but we noticed the staff were significantly diverse. But there were tables of whole tables of people. Hey, you're not all white dudes. There was like a table of South Asian guys all drinking Bellweiser. I remember. Yes. And because that also made me wonder. I'm like, first of all, it's just like, you just don't see this. Like, that's only the things we normally saw in the States. And, like, we have friends who are, like, who host events specifically dedicated to, like, diversifying craft beer. And, like, seeing that, like, even in just large groups, I was like, oh, there's something really right that's happening. Yeah. Um, but your questions. I guess it was more, we're talking about the drinkers, that, like, the other week you mentioned, with no frills and, you know, everyone needs to eat and they might, you know, see the beers there and that could, could, result in what we saw mm-hmm. and this was completely unbiased at the time we knew you guys were doing link up and stuff and, and it would be the first time for, for quite some time that we'd been on the patio and what uh, it was just so you know we were always very conscious of it so we were looking around and we were very impressed so like do you like and I guess this is sort of more to like what did you do to make this happen like if other breweries <laughs> are watching and they're like well, you know, how did, obviously, you know, the, the location of the brew pub is A1. It's, it's you know, Ossington. When I lived just off, I lived at Blur in Ossington when I first lived in Toronto. So I went to, in April 2012, I was down there. I drank Grandma's Boy in Hellwoods. And, you know, the first week, which was typical craft beer crowd, that was 10 years ago. A lot has changed. Do you know, do you know why that, you know, if people are watching at breweries, they're like, you know, how do they do this? Like, do you know maybe what contri- I mean it could be sort of qualitative factors that maybe you couldn't put numbers on or anything super I mean I think it I think it comes down to that like very simple thing about acknowledging that there is something going on if it's not because it's very easy to look around and be like well you know this is this is who showed up so this is our community um, but it's it you know it takes a certain amount of humility to be like well there's this is who showed up there's looks like there's an issue because we're in Toronto, one of the most multicultural cities in the world, if not the most multicultural city in the world. And it's full of white people. So what are, what are we doing wrong? That's, that's actually the question. Right. And so, you know, in our, in our case, what, you know, the immediate thing that we, we pointed out was, well, our hiring practices are just, you know, it's, it's only encouraging applicants from the brewing industry and the brewing industry as we're, you know, acknowledging is flawed in terms Mm -hmm. of diversity. So, yeah, it's just, you know, like, just fucking take the L and be a little humble, humble and humiliated <laughs> and, you know, just like, okay, let's, like, we fucked up. Let's learn and move on. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with that. That's what we all need to do. Yeah, yeah. and um, to your point earlier about the staff, that's something similar to, like, when we were speaking to Dominion, who was, like, our first in the series. Yeah. Um, we met with Stefan as well, and Stefan mm. is their CFO. And that was the same thing that we were talking about. Is like, so our goal and Link Up, we're trying to diversify the workforce. And it's a global plan, I was supposed to say a global plan, to diversify the industry because we know exactly what you were saying, Luke. If we, the people who work in the brewery, they're going to want to support the business that they're working at. They work for a company. They're going to be like, Hey, mom, like my mom and dad drink craft beer. Like my dad's a Jamaican was only drinking Heineken forever. And Do you know what I mean? But it's because I'm in in a way in the industry, so that's what happens. You diversify your workforce, you end up yeah. opening that up to more people. And I think that also that's the trickle down effect we're trying to see as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and I had another little thought. Oh, sorry. Just to, to no, add about I, the brew pub in specific is is like since I mean I I haven't worked here consistently since 2013. I've had a few little other uh one of what are those called like side plots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing I th- I always found great about working there is that no one was ever made to feel stupid for not knowing where they had walked into. You know, mm-hmm. like no one was ever like, oh, uh, what's an IPA? And then laughed at. Uh, you know, that's like sweet. it's, it's yeah. uh, and I think that's key to making everyone feel welcome there. It's like, it's not, it's not a gate kept community at Bellwoods, even though we have a white picket fence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, if you want to come in and you want to try something new, like we're, everyone is happy to talk to you about what it is or like share a bit more about it if you're keen to learn or just like let you enjoy what you're doing if that's what you prefer to do. Like I, and I think that that's um, like, that was true when I worked there in 2013 and it's true today. Yeah, definitely. And I think for myself too, I started off in the bottle shop um, working in the brew pub as well as in marketing. Um, And I'm, that's not just exclusive to me. Like many people have worked in different areas of the company. So no one is judging you for any questions that you have. There's always, I, I feel like I learn something new every day and someone's excited to tell me about it, which is the best part. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm a fangirl for Bellwoods. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Denisha, did you drink craft beer before you worked at Bellwoods? I did. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think I was like fully immersed in the whole world of it. Mm. Um, I drank it here and there, but now I'm just like, it's my job and I'm fascinated and like, it's very fun. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Have you, based on what sort of Tiff was saying about Stefan from Dominion, he was saying, for example, he had a, I think it was his, his no, was wedding it, or something. No, a, or what's a bachelor thing? party. No, what's the other thing? Or, and I and, and, what, um, what's the engagement party or something oh, like, was that. like the one So he was like, like, we brought birthday. Your birthday. <laughs> Some sort of event thing. And he was like, oh, he, you know, instead of having Molson or some nonsense, he brought Dominion City beers to that. And we were like, yo, what's, you know, how did you, your friend, he goes, yo, everyone loves it. So I guess I'm curious, Denisha, did you, you know, you start working at Bell, would you understand kind of the stature of the company that you're at and, and then soaking up the world of craft beer? Did you like, you know, bring stuff home and then show family and friends who may not have been exposed to it before and, and have any responses from them? And did you, manage to convert anybody and then bring them, <laughs> you know, and to make them drinkers. Converting. <laughs> you know? Well, spread the gospel. Drew, <laughs> you're a woman. My, uh, I recruited my cousin who works at the bottle shop now. So I guess <laughs> yeah, we're having a call. There you go. That's dope. Um, but your even for my Sarah. Okay. Great. Let's go ahead. Um, for myself, though, I wasn't that much of a, a beer drinker. Um, I I don't know. I guess I was just drinking, like like you said, Heineken or whatever my Jamaican family brought me up on. Um, so yeah, I didn't. I guess I didn't know there was a whole world of like diverse beer as well. So it was a very interesting thing to jump into, and I'm still very excited to learn more about it every day love that. i love yeah. to see it one thing i forgot to kind of ask before when we were talking about uh the you know the simple things like changing the language of a blog uh, of a job uh, posting 
and you mentioned where you post it. And this is where I'm really trying to use these podcasts uh, for other breweries who watch it and they might be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Where would you suggest that other breweries post their job postings in order to attract a, a more diverse uh, talent pool? This would be a great time to poke Stephen for a good answer. <laughs> I've got, I've got him. So we post our jobs okay. to oh, you're so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Indeed, okay. and I think that was the big one. That was, and that that I think that was, was also maybe suggested by uh, Ren or like came out of that conversation with Ren about okay. the, yeah posting to Indeed, um, and then uh, Ontario Beer Jobs as well, um, which is obviously within the industry, and then social media. Um, so on our Instagram, we often. I mean, just recently put up a post looking for cooks. If there are any cooks out there, please come yes. work in our new restaurant. It's beautiful. Um, and we'll often like link to our careers page on our website. So we have a careers page in the, the footer of the website. Uh, and then LinkedIn is on the list there as well. And okay. then uh, also the plug. It's this new great initiative <laughs> that everyone should send their job postings to. Please. Uh, one thing I actually wanted to commend you guys on, I love, love that you have a careers page because we have a permanent, it's not going to move anywhere. Um, Bellwoods careers, like we just put multiple roles, Bellwoods, Toronto, and people can click that and go straight to your careers page where the updated links are always there. So we don't need to uh, scrape indeed or wait for you to send it to us. It's going to be permanently on there. And there's maybe five breweries, I think in total that have those pages. So I would definitely encourage breweries to add a careers page to their website because of situations like this, instead of us, changing it out every time it's just always there it's at the very we keep it at the very top particularly with our partners that we work with mm -hmm. so that people can come and just click on that and see what's going on and as well i'm not sure if you run the social page but you can just shoot the just dm any posts to link up and then we'll share it to stories as well and we do um job roundups as well just to keep people posted right now we're in the middle of a series so we haven't been doing that yet but we'll get back to that uh, shortly but yes please please do that um, and for anybody, Great. any breweries definitely send us everything. Um, was there any final questions? I knew this was going to be a longer one because it was we had be longer. three amazing Even as a time uh, police, I, I, yes, I, I knew I'd get away good. with it because there was three. It was, it was really, really good. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure we got everything from that. No, I think this is, you are all so intentional, and I think that's so key and it's so important, and I appreciate that so much as a partner but as a fan of the company as well. I think that's very cool. So... Thank you for being partners in LinkUp. Very much appreciate you. And thank you for being very intentional because that's the key to everything, right? And even Luke, what you're saying, like the things that you're doing now, it may not be this quick turnover all of a sudden. You're like, oh my gosh, oh look, we're 70% diverse or something. But it's you won't even see all the amazing things that you're doing until maybe five, 10 years from now. But that's the point of the long game. And I think that's super key. So yeah, I just love that. I think that's great. Any words from you? Love y'all. You didn't have any other questions, right? No, I, okay. I mean, I could sure. go for... Yes. Well, Craig would just try to keep you here for like two hours. So I'm cutting that off now. Okay. We've, we've fully descended into over. darkness here. Yeah, I know. I know slowly. <laughs> That's why we have these... Like, uh, Luke is like in lights. some room with like uh, full lighting or whatever. Because yeah, slowly... Oh, I turn, on, I turn on every light. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart. That's the uh, way to go. I always have so, um, so Yeah. No, I, I obviously, yeah, I could gush forever. We definitely need to do an updated podcast because it has been five years gotta, since last one. You got to throw our logo on the damn participating breweries list there on your website. Jacob well, told Chris. Chris has to do that. So 
That's I'm gonna, job. you know, what, I'm gonna message him. Thank you for checking. Uh, I'm gonna bust Chris's ass for that. He's in trouble. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe we'll wrap it up. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> He's, uh, you know, He's gonna hear this. Like, I'm gonna message him right now. Like, you just embarrassed me, Chris. Um, what would I'd love to hear? Just a, a final thought from each of you, like for. And this is really what we're trying to achieve with this. I really feel like, you know, I guess these podcasts and I guess BOS as overall seems to be some sort of a resource for the industry unintentionally just because we're capturing stories of, of breweries and, and, you know, putting it out there for, for uh, forever. And I think that the benefit of something like this is being able to offer advice to other breweries, whether they involved in Link Up or not. Obviously, this is only our third series of, of six breweries every time so we're in our infancy we haven't even been active for a year publicly yet um i'd love to hear any just overall thoughts since you guys have this you know the ccic is that right yeah yep. um which is just incredible and i think that's something that a lot of breweries could emulate successfully did you just have any sort of words of advice if a brewery and i think this is where they come to a lot of people say to us like oh, i don't know where to start how do i even begin to attract uh you know different people to the brewery because obviously everybody wants that we're not going to the industry is not going to thrive bigger than what it is unless everybody gets involved 100%. um so yeah any uh, thoughts and advice i would focus on the staff because the customers you know they that's you can't control the customer base but you like we can control who we hire and how mm -hmm. we hire so yeah. and i i really do think that'll be the you know the big step to to change how the community looks um, and how widespread, you know, the, um, to attract diversity. I, I think focus on hiring practices and language and be very careful with language. It seemed like such a trivial story about the, you know, the bag of malt, but that just stuck with me. Like, yeah, nobody else knows what that is except for somebody that's in the industry. And we all are saying the industry is white. So we, if we want to attract diversity, let's, you know, be careful of the language we're using and be careful of how, what our hiring practices are. Love it. I think, I think the customer base will follow because that's, no, if we have a rest, a patio full of, uh, uh, if all of our staff are, are white males serving a patio, that's, it, it just sets a tone for who, who feels 100%. welcome. 100%. Yeah, Paige, Nisha, any last thoughts on that? I would just add. I'm like, scared you're going to start talking. Oh, we did. We did it. <laughs> I just said it at the same time. And then Denisha, or yeah, we'll just do it at the same time. Three, two, three. Um, but yeah, but just that, that continued focusing on staff too and making sure that it, the staff that we do have are, you know, have um, everything they need to do to do their job, like in a way that is obviously safe, but also comfortable. Like I remember reading something about, you know, it's not just like, checking a box with diverse hires or like, that's not the way to do it. You also need to make sure you're creating like a, a safe, continually like good environment for all people to work within. Mm -hmm. And I think that that um, only happens when you have uh, super open, open communication. And like Denisha mentioned earlier, just I, that made my, made my heart happy to hear that you feel like it's a place where you can give feedback. Cause I think that that's so important is to be able to like receive feedback and make changes. Seriously, that was that was great to hear. Um, <laughs> Tanisha. Over to you. Oh wait, this way. <laughs> Just dropping the mic. I wish I had a mic. I know. Um, there you go. 
I guess for myself, I would say, uh, I don't know, it's a bit difficult because I mean, in this role, I feel like I'm able to speak openly and speak my mind and it's received well. Um, but in jobs in the past, I would say something and nothing changed and it made me feel very discouraged. Mm -hmm. But I guess if I could give advice to anyone, I would say just keep advocating for yourself. Um, if you don't like how something is, then try to be the change. It's not as simple as that. But um, yeah, there's good people in the industry out there. So, you know, if we all unite to it's going to sound corny, but if we all unite to make change, like something's going to happen. Yeah. That's why we're here today. Yeah. Love it. No, I love that. And you speak up and that's important. That's what, that's where change comes, right? Like people only know there's a problem or that there are areas of improvement if you express that. So I think that's super key. Yeah. Being an advocate is super key. And it's like advocate or ally, advocate for yourself or ally for those in the community. It's very key. Right. So that's awesome. That's yeah. very cool. I just love your experience also. It just feels like you're in a really good, Place, which is very cool to hear as well. Awesome. Yeah, you guys are the best. Um, <laughs> we'll wrap this up because we could honestly go forever. I'm going to take a screenshot for the thumbnail. Do we should have taken it before uh... the descend of darkness. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Paige. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm there, you there you go. go. Okay, there you go. Look, yeah. it's perfect. Everyone got it. Here we go. I look like such an idiot with these headphones. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's locked uh, permanently. Yeah, the whole world's going to see that. Um, stick around after. I'm going to wrap this up. Stick around after and we'll, we'll say goodbye off air. But uh, where can, I don't know, whoever wants to answer it, uh, where can everybody find Bellwoods online? I'm sure people know, but tell them about it. Online? Yes, sir. We have no web presence. None. No social. None. Just Ossington <laughs> Avenue and Hayfield. Just rock up. Hey, it should it. <laughs> www.bellwoodsbrewery.com uh, and then uh, signing up for our newsletter is a great way to get be in the know about what, when releases are coming out we send one out every Tuesday and Thursday uh, we're on Instagram at, at @bellwoodsbeer. Uh we're on Facebook Bellwoods Brewery I think we still are on Twitter but I don't know the logins for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's also at Bellwoods Beer. <laughs> I tag you all the time. <laughs> and I would highly, I, I love it. I would highly encourage everyone to sign up for the newsletter. I was telling Paige on email that uh, we are extremely inspired by the approach that you guys have to the email. It's super regular. My brother lives at 50 meters from Godspeed. So as soon as the email comes in, it's always like, all right, bro, can you get me two of these, two of them? Or he would text me, because how many do you want? So he would always put the order and go fetch it. So I've been able to keep up on everything you're doing over the last few years when I wasn't going there as often personally because of how thorough the newsletter is. And we were honored that we did a full newsletter just for Link Up. The whole team was stoked. Yeah. Um, made, cool. made our day. I'm not, like, cool. I can't really overstate it enough. It's just incredible. It's a genuine honor to, to hang out with you all and to have you involved in Link Up. And it's more for us, it's that you mean it and that this is something that you're doing, you're living and breathing this stuff, you know, with all of everything that you do as a company, uh, you know, you don't make it to 10 years in this industry if you're messing around. So, you know, congratulations on 10 years in April. It was just past the, uh, cool. the anniversary. Um, just keep doing the wonderful work that you all do. And, uh, you know, we love you. We're going to keep going. I think we definitely need another big, uh, long, lengthy podcast loop for, uh, you know, Five years, six, been a minute just to, to catch up on so much that you guys have you know done in the last 
even the last two years, just what's, what's changed with your business is, you know, the LCBO and then all this stuff. It's, uh, it's amazing stuff. So thank you all for watching and you guys just yeah, stick around for a second. We'll, we'll wrap it up after. Anything else? That's it. That's it. Thank um, you. Everybody, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us everywhere <laughs> at BOS Podcast and at LinkUpBeer. It is LinkUpBeer.org and the plug job uh, website. Make sure if you are a craft brewery literally anywhere in the world, right now we're mostly focusing on Ontario and Quebec, but... We don't care wherever you are. If you have a job that you would like us to post about, please email us, social at linkupbeer.org. That will hit me and we'll figure it out. Uncle Chris will put the Bellwoods logo on the website <laughs> and we'll get that up. Um, That's yeah, that is it. Stay tuned. And if your applicant is interested in a position. It's on the website as well. So if yeah. you you know fill that out uh, as Paige actually documented out, <laughs> broke down yeah. the whole link up process with Cicerone or yep. anything else that you can be interested in. Danielle will welcome you. She'll yes. be there on the other side. She's going to love that you quoted her. I'm going to tell her. She's yeah, gonna she's so going to love that. Um, <laughs> love it. Um, thank you all again. You're all wonderful human beings. Uh, guys, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank Cheers. you. Thanks for, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Cheers, guys. <laughs>